Hello and welcome to Keyframes, the podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton. With me today is Andy. Hey, hey. Duncan. Hey there. And Jeff. Yellow. Last episode, I was coming down with a cold and we were talking about the end of the season. This episode, I am getting over that cold and we're talking about the beginning of the season. It's the beginning of the fall anime season. We've, uh... We've watched some shows. We've watched a fuck ton of shows. Yeah, well, it's a it's a full season, man. Yeah, uh, we'll try to keep it brisk, but <laughs> no promises. Anyway, I thought we since we're doing it ourselves, I thought we'd go ahead and start off with a do it yourself. The surprise, like weirdo breakout hit of the <laughs> well, I think of the season. Except one of us maybe flagged it out in a previous episode. So there. <laughs> I, I think out of all of this season's anime that people are most like excited to hear us talk about do it yourself is definitely the one i can't think of any other shows this season <laughs> i'm excited to talk about do it yourself it's so rare it's so rare that like i'm excited to watch it god that sounds like awful i'm an anime podcast host. <laughs> it's so rare that i'm exci- like i'm like oh fuck yeah it's wednesday it's do it yourself day uh, and, and despite the most recent episode um having a bit of an, an annoying kid character uh i think this is an amazing work by uh by uh what's it called pine, pine uh, jam is the studio or whatever pine, pine jam, jam. <laughs> close um, yeah, just it's a story in the near future of this super clumsy girl with a super prissy neighbor, and she kind of stumbles into being part of a do-it-yourself club in an era when doing it yourself is increasingly considered outfashioned and old and dumb. And yeah, I just the art's great. I love the characters. This is a, a career-making performance for the the lead character Yua Serifu's. Uh, <laughs> for her her voice she just like her like chill osaka vibes or chill kansai vibes just like all her inas everything it's good um the art's beautiful (laughs) it's like done kind of watercolory but they they switch styles for the fantasy she has because she's a big daydreamer i love that we have a clumsy girl who's covered in band-aids that's fucking rad (laughs) character choice i like all the character designs her prissy uh, purin her her prissy neighbor or miku i guess you'd prefer to be called uh also it's just like a a plus design. And would you believe that she played that voice actress played the girl who looks exactly like that in Darling in the Franks, the, the girl go? with the shoulder length, dark hair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've been the big booster. How are y'all feeling as not like do it yourself fanatics and not in the hardware sense? Cause I don't do much myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really enjoying it. I think the, uh, you know, speaking of like career making debuts, I don't know if you, I don't, that might, might be bullshit, but like the animation in the show is lively and fun as hell. It has that kind of trigger vibe where, you know, the, the frame counts are low, but the keyframes are lively and fun. And it's just the, like the, the comedic timing of every cut <laughs> is like perfect. The, uh, you know, like the faces are great. The, and like you were saying, like the, the choices of making all the characters, you know, visually pretty simple, but very distinct and a lot of fun. Like it, it, the show just like works on every level. Like I, yeah, like you were saying, like the surprise breakout hits, like in a season with a lot of, I think anointed best show of the seasons out there. Like a a comedy about cute girls doing cute things is probably not going to set the world on fire, but I'm really glad it's there. Cause like you were saying, like, Every time it comes on, it's like, yep, this is a must watch. Like I was 
you know, I'm not going to go into this again, but like I was like hip deep binging uh, Three Cats and No Lion again. And that that was the only show that could pull me out of that fugue state of just housing <laughs> 44 episodes of anime in like a week and a half. I, yeah, I, I am enjoying it. Uh, Mids thinks <laughs> Mids thinks it's some of the dumbest shit she's that, that's ever been put to anime. Um, and you're watching just so we're clear. You're watching, you're watching Pop, Pop Team, Team Epic. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about that next. <laughs> um, well, first we, I want to I want to just refute yeah. that. It's like I don't know. I, cute girls doing cute things is always a, is always. Uh, yeah, it, people's tastes vary. I it's chill. It's beautiful. I like that it's got a weird premise, but I can get it being like, oh, it's just like a sleepy lazy girl like stumbling her way through I, life and if you don't find that inherently hilarious i i think yeah. the thing that she she complains mostly about is uh the quite frankly terrible pun of do it yourself uh the you are serifu <laughs> being the name yeah. of the main character and that's exactly how you say it in japanese um, I I did like how she figured it out after everybody else did, and then she was like <laughs> goading everybody into saying her name, and then being extremely proud of like having them make the pun for her. I, like, I, that was a good scene, bit. That was a good scene, bit. <laughs> the scene at the bus stop where she's where she's like, "I'm in the DIY club. Do you know what DIY means?" And her like bitchy friend is like, "Do it yourself." He's like, "Oh, it makes me blush to hear you say my full name. It's so funny." <laughs> when oh. when Mids when Mids heard the full name of U.S. Elifu, she audibly went, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I mean, like, fair enough. It is a very stupid yeah. on the punch so, she's, on the so she's the she's the bitchy neighbor is what we're saying with this. She's put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am really enjoying it. I should just clarify. I really enjoy it. The, the, there's a lot of, like, the, the stuff I do really like is um, that it is set in a world which has... It's just full of drones and like high technology stuff, and then the idea that there's a moldy shed that has um, that has a do-it-yourself club is really fun. Uh, the the visuals of like them slowly improving, uh, like the club from making it look cuter, is also doubly funny because it feels like the main cast just don't do it, and is all part of. <laughs> Uh, Takumi, the sort of this like diligent, like I want to say, very. It, she reminds me very much of just like a traditional housewife who just very diligently just sits there and gets on with it, and then they just like, and she just does it, and it's great. Her 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 introduction is so lovely. She just is asked to do a thing, and then she's just got that brain set of like, well, I've got to do a thing, so I might as well just sit and do it, and she just sits and does it, and it's really sweet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're real. They're very real characters. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I was, she's finished her job and going home, and is like, well, I guess that's the end of it forever. Back to being lonely. And they're like, what are you talking about? You already joined the club. She's like, what? Uh, I'm gonna have a seishun. Hooray! Uh, just, just one, one more comment about the moldy shed. I like that the moldy shed is at the center of the courtyard of the shitty school, which is surrounded like kill the kill style by like the more expensive, better school. It's, it's the most like unrealistic part of the show but it's so funny every time they so they can have a yeah. her in like with her face pressed against the window watching her uncool neighbor have her dumb club in yeah. the middle of the shitty school's courtyard i yeah i um the other thing i really like is uh the use of so there's that traditional joke as well where whenever something stupid happens or whenever someone does a stupid thing a bird like 
flies past saying backer. Um, mm-hmm. But they they uh-huh. replaced that with with drones. <laughs> I thought it was quite a funny <laughs> little bit. <laughs> um, oh man, I can't wait to watch more. Duncan, I, did you yeah. have something you wanted to I, say? I think for me, like um, I the this is just like a really interesting show from a production uh, viewpoint because I flagged it up at the when we were talking about uh, your love for um, Kakagi Shoujo like mm-hmm. it's okay so this this director's done something really interesting a really a show which has really stood out with great performances like what's he going to do next oh he's doing this very cartoony looking um, cute girls doing cute things thing. yeah and like, like, like that's a big change in from like quite high drama big very intimate emotional stakes to like comedy and the key to it seems to be like in a industry where directors are very often from the from the uh the side of animators who have graduated up to being um directors he's he comes from production he's he's someone who started off as basically a a manager and so his skill seems to be get really good people working for you for the project which you're making and that that seems to be what has made him able to do two very different shows one after the other and that's just like a a far more like almost traditionally western and way that directors work where they're less i'm not really expecting him to be cinematographer the concept artist and everything else all in one we're just expecting him to get the very best out of his crew and it makes me interested in seeing what range this person has and what he like he could do anything i know that's, a, that's like most directors you, you look at them and you think okay yeah I'd, he if he does that kind of show I, I that that might be interesting but only as just like a car crash is interesting whereas as this guy you think honestly like he's his last three shows are left near kakeki shoujo and and do it yourself and they're all completely different and so uh, it'll be really interesting seeing what he does next. Yeah, at least in the case of maybe this is me coming from more of a of a of a writing and critical standpoint, but they're both shows I would think of that really depend on having a diverse, well-realized and likable ensemble and that's Kageki Shoujo and to a lesser extent I do think that's do it yourself. It's just you have to have these like rich, well-balanced groups of characters that always give you someone to like be watching when you're when something is happening in in the anime True. but um but yeah it's a it's a big swing in tone um and he's back doing like a Kazuki's cool-headedness back mm. in 2017 2018 and Kabuki Boo which has been repeatedly recommended to me but it doesn't look very good and it's not <laughs> rated very highly so I've never <laughs> watched it but like but yeah dude it's a uh, it's nice to see like all the like brain drain concerns of the anime industry while very valid um undoubtedly valid it's nice to like you can still just have these surprises and this one's much less like uh, much less likely to blow out like a uh, wonder egg priority did in terms of like wow new talent putting out like a really surprisingly well-made <laughs> well-made uh show yeah um, if no one else although it is it is worth mentioning fuck jobico so annoyed by her existence <laughs> i was really looking forward to some sort of like kudere or someone but no she's just this really annoying fucking like foreigner character who speaks crap English and it makes me want to curl up and die. 
Uh, I was really upset when she came in. It'll be fine. It'll it'll <laughs> fingers crossed. It'll be fine. Da- 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 <laughs> Ina. Ina. It, it's so rare that we get a, a foreigner character who does actually speak good English, though, Andy. Like I can't mm. off the top of my head think of really right. any. And it's and it's not this one. It's not this one. No, it's not this. <laughs> also one. bad no. English. Uh. <laughs> I mean, but it's but it's not like Ka- uh, Kaji in the Evangelion rebuilds where they have to like. They had to subtitle English in English releases because it's just so indecipherable. Like at the very least, I can tell what she's saying. She's not using like the right pitch or yeah. uh, or like like it doesn't. She doesn't sound anything like a native speaker. Um, but hopefully, that's going to be an excuse for them to stop having her speak English and just have her act like a very normal twelve-year-old genius brat, which yeah. is, I think, what I was promised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if we're talking about comedies, I will quickly mention I am watching Top Team Epic season two. It's still good. I've still got the weird thing <laughs> where they that each half, each season is cut in half, and the first half is the mm-hmm. female voice actors, the second half is the male voice actors, which is weird but great. I still quite like it. it just means I can skip the uh, the second half, which makes it a lot quicker to watch. Uh, and yeah, the only downside I think is the the, the opening song kind of sucks compared to the first one. The first one was really good, no. um, but, but the uh, yeah, but the it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, Pop Team Epic, which if you don't know, is just a pure comedy gag show. Uh, Popico uh, and Peepee Me are basically just two XP characters, which stand for nothing and are nothing. Even down to the point that they change change voice actors, and it just makes it for a fun show where you don't really know. It's a mix of all animation studios. It's good fun. It's fun. It's funny. Don't. There's nothing <laughs> meaningful or deep behind it. The opening joke of season two is why the fuck did people make decide to make a season two of this shit anime? And I'm there for that kind of tone of comedy. It's great. I remember the first season being something where that it had a very big following online. Like, has has it still got the same hype around it, or is it is it sort of aware that it it's it had its moment in the sun and, and the sun, and now it's kind of like because it seems like a very self aware show, and so like is it sort of aware that it's old news and and sort of taking the piss out of itself for that to an extent? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely some of the jokes. Uh, a lot of the jokes are just. Yeah, weird non sequiturs. I, I don't know whether it's gonna be any more successful than season one. I doubt it. Yeah, but it's still gonna be weird and funny, and I enjoy watching it. Well, speaking of pure comedy shows about dumb girls that got a second season this uh, <laughs> this year, this was exactly uh, my transition, Jeff. Exactly <laughs> my transition. I'm glad. I'm glad we were thinking alike here, because uh, Uzaki Chan wants to hang out season two. <laughs> has come out and it's still like you know it's it's the because you know when, when uzaki the first season came out i believe it came out at the same time as nagatoro right no nagatoro no. came out a season or two later oh, okay this was this was the john the baptist of of uh <laughs> annoying little girls bullying you shows no this yeah. wasn't the first one was was uh um that was one before Using master kakagi sen or whatever oh yeah forehead girl anyways the show about teasing and then it turns out it's just about these two like thick people dating and it frustrating <laughs> everybody else season two sort of picks up from there and is trying to push it forward 
it's, it's primarily about the the tertiary characters trying to make the two main characters realize that they like each other and to just start dating, which is one of my favorite like running jokes of any like <laughs> rom-com where like everybody but the main two realizes that it's like, why aren't you guys just married already? Jesus Christ. Mm. And the fact that they're actually like using that for the jokes and the drama is, you know, at least in that novel. Yeah, I think it's, it's a show they've realized in the second season and maybe this is cause I've fried my brain over the past, over the past <laughs> two years and I can no longer, uh, see Uzaki for the barely edible trash that it is. But like, yeah, they've kind of just accepted, like they're basically dating. Everyone knows they're dating. They spend all their time together. She comes over and makes him food. They fall asleep together. They've cuddled multiple times um, to humorous effect. And everyone's just like trying to get them to admit that they're dating or might as well be dating. And it, it's a, it's a simulacrum of forward momentum, but it's one I'm accepting um, yeah. <laughs> because I'm just so starved for, for closure. Um, but it's, it's a pretty funny show sometimes, especially yeah. in the second season. There's much less of just being stuck with uh, Sakurai and Uzaki just squabbling. It's other characters usually providing like the like instability or the joke element that drives the humor of like these two friends. They spend all the time together. They seem very emotionally and physically intimate, but they insist they're not dating. And you're just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah. then I'm going to orchestrate a, uh, <laughs> orchestrate a, <clears throat> a fortune telling booth at the, <laughs> at the school festival so that you can be forced to hear someone you trust tell you that you guys should be dating, that you're perfect for <laughs> each other. It made me laugh. It's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, uh, big titty, big titty kohai bullying, uh, quiet, sad senpai is not exactly my favorite romance access, but it's it's good. It's good. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm gonna watch more. I couldn't watch the fourth episode before this show, but before we recorded this episode, but I'm yeah. gonna watch it right after. Yeah, and fucking... it is unfortunately still pretty butt fugly. Like the animation is not great, yeah. but it's 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 just enough to be what it needs to be to like tell the jokes that they're telling and that's fine the problem i had with when i first watched the first couple of the first season is just the pacing was all off like the comedy jokes just didn't land because the pacing was bad to the point where i knew what the joke was going to be before they revealed it is that still the case yeah, that's, this still, that's still that's still a problem it's still paced way too slow and they're afraid you're too dumb to get the joke but that's most anime comedy. Like, not everything can surprise me with the punchline. <laughs> it, it also frustrates me intently that you, you like relationships in comedies advancing, but you refuse to watch... Uh, <laughs> you refuse to watch Kaguya-sama, Kaguya which is... I'm, bus I'm busy watching <clears throat> Uzaki. You're busy, you're busy being burned out on animes that won't give you the thing you want, whilst the thing that you do want is there right in front of you, has four seasons and is perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, first off, <laughs> I'm in my I'm in my late thirties, so four seasons is is more of a year. Oh, are they all good? That's a lot of my life. Yes, they are uh, all good. I've watched them all. They're all really good. Well, this also, is the beginning of the season. Is also can, where do you, you get try off, to pitch it? Again. Where do you get off watching all of fucking <laughs> fucking Urusei Yatsuma and be like, it's really boring. Wait, we should move on to Urusei well, Yatsuma that's a, now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like we, yeah, we were talking about like what is the origin of bullying girls like eventually yeah. dating stupid people. We got Ursa Yatsura. We got a new one. Yeah, we do, the new one. It's so bad. I think it was way back in way back in like 
2015, 2016, I started watching the original Ursa Yatsura aired in, uh, eight, uh, how was it, 1891? No, 1981. <laughs> <laughs> the ancient prehistory of 19th century anime. Um, and it is a anime based on a Rumiko Takahashi manga about a, like, absolute scumbag who just loves to cheat on women. Um, and he accidentally gets engaged to a magical flying oni alien um from space and um the rest of the show is him trying to cheat on her that's the that's the plot yep. of Ursayatsura. they they learn lessons they get very close but ataru is just human shit and he will never change and he has brief moments of compassion but otherwise is the kind of guy who will just never appreciate the awesome girl he's got and they remade that this year they cast hiroshi kamiya as ataru for reasons that will i will never yeah. ever understand I uh, <laughs> I honestly think that they were like we are going to remake this movie we or we're going to remake this like celebrated series we are going to get every big name that we can think of we are going to spend we we're going to throw a million bucks at it and we're just going to assume the goodwill will roll in and it really feels like those Disney remakes that they insist on yeah, doing yeah. because they're like hey you remember this you remember this you know this is a we, you know the the, the actuaries have told us that if we spend $500 million remaking The Little Mermaid, and then, you know, we will make $600 million back. So we're going to do that over and over again. Yeah, but I think I think with Disney, it's a bit more insidious where all they really want is just to keep the branding and to keep the licensing for the original stuff. They don't actually give a fuck about the live action stuff. They just want to keep that copyright going for another 30 years so they can make bank off of the cartoons. I don't think that's the same with Urusei Yatsura. Because it hasn't gone anywhere yet. (laughs) Yeah, but no one's really profiting... But no one's profiting off from the last, uh, whatever this, like, 20 years or whatever. No one's really profiting off of Urusei Yatsura merch. Like, you don't... (laughs) I think I'm not as harsh on this as you guys. I (laughs) I mean, I, I watched an episode with Ben and I thought it was fine. I do think it's weird that 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 main guy is a piece of shit. He even in that. That's how it was one, in the '80s, though. But, That's how it was <clears> in like the late '70s, '80s. That was like a, that was protagonist material. Was like the like space dandy was the normal kind of character yeah, to have as your protagonist. It's a wild choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I didn't mind it. I I have to. The only thing I will give it credit for is that hair is really nice. Honestly, yeah, Lum's hair. <laughs> Is is really lovely. I love the design of Lum's hair. I couldn't care for the rest, but I'm not too. I'm not a big boost of the original, so you know. Well, Duncan hasn't watched any of the original, so mm. uh, articulate why you like it, and then I'll tell you that all of that exists in the '80s show and was better <laughs> there. <laughs> the color design they've gone for with this series, I think, is really vibrant. Like. They it's it's a case of, of like instead of they could just mimic the original show, but it feels like they've gone for something which is kind of heightened. Like I really love how vivid the the sort of her hair's like this and like everything's things bursting with with colour and I really like that as just something which feels like has a real energy to it. Like the, I love the I love the um I like the fact that the lightning isn't just um, isn't just blue. Like they haven't just done blue blue lightning. It's like multicolored and 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 weird. And I like 
how the fact that they've embraced the fact that Lum's Lum's design now, like tiger print, but bikini and like like sapphire hair, yoga boots, is just <laughs> so out of time. Like you, you, the best thing to do is just amp it up to a eleven. Have everything even more so. It's as Andy said. It's it's kind of strange to have a complete scumbag as a lead. Apart from when, as as you say, apart, apart from when that complete scumbag is Hiroshi Kamiya shouting uh, his lust at someone called Shinobu, which I feel like we've heard somewhere before, <laughs> and that, that I I've heard, seen heard so much of him over the past few years. And like he does have range; he can he he doesn't have to always do his sort of over the top lech um, act, but it's definitely a stock act which he does pull out. And this is one of those occasions, and it just feels like the character is just the the VA rather, and I don't really get a sense of and how Ataru who really differs from uh, Aragi, if that makes sense. Like it's, yeah. it's it's just the same trope, just writ large. There's no nuance to it. I mean, I think that's repeatedly the 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 risk of casting people of casting uh, Hiroshi Kamiya as stuff because I do think he has range. I agree. I do think he also always sounds like himself, and when you're just as overexposed as as he is. But what mm. else could they do? I, I feel like once again the the vocal performances are another thing where it's just. So this is it's it's a very old fashioned show uh, in terms of what they've decided to preserve. They've kept the plot progression. Um, Mendo, uh, Ataru's rival, uh, the like high class rich boy with who's the heir to a massive uh, Zaibatsu conglomerate. Um, he's being introduced in the third episode, just like in in the TV show. So it's a really odd mix of a reboot and a remake it almost feels like and mm. it just every time i watch it even though i'm just i like urusa yatsura believe it or not especially the old one but i kind of just the parts that aren't like so obviously vintage i miss the vintage like i miss the it me feeling like more of like a product of its era rather than this weird throwback where everyone's got much like softer edges sanded off designs people are doing much more traditional uh or more contemporary vocal performances um so yeah i missed i don't like the new designs don't like the new the new performances um they've tried to make the story a bit more serialized i don't i mean it sounds like i hate it but it just it just it feels like the modern remake of something from the 80s where they they upgraded the production budget but they kept everything else the same and i kind of wish there was a more like holistic updating or a more deliberate attempt to like keep it in the 80s with rotary phones and everyone reads newspapers and that sort of thing i don't know mm, there's sort yeah. of this like pre-bubble era feel uh to urusayatsura the whiny and the whiny uh childlike voice of ataru with this like rich mature woman's voice for lum has a kind of like crushing an older girl feel to it that i think they're missing with a much like more like pudgy or like soft lum and a much more like soft typical leading girl voice i don't know i'm willing to watch more i do agree with jeff that it kind of it kind of hits the same thing as me with me as like seeing the beauty and the beast live action movie and being like oh okay so it's just the same story but they like threw a million billion more dollars at the screen 
Um, yeah. And I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was mentioning that before, like it's like the product feels very similar, like the deliberate scene for scene, but just more and more lush and more detail and more talent feels kind of, I don't like it feels pointless in a way that is unfortunate. Yeah. And I don't, know if my like stubbornness is just because i've watched 64 episodes of the original and i'm going back and kind of watching episodes i've basically already watched but just kind of like done up if you like like a like a 4k 60 fps remaster of a of an op an older op for an anime and you're like oh okay it looks nicer i guess um but i've already seen this like on a on a very fundamental level um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, if there are divergences, that'll be cool. Um, if they get to a point where the budget really pays off a lot more, we'll see. I just, I am, um, I'm not as excited as I hoped to be watching this as someone yeah. who has watched and liked Urusei Yatsura. How many chapters? How many episodes is it gonna? It's like three cores. Uh, four core. It's gonna be a uh, forty-six episodes. Full four. Oh. So full, runs for a full <laughs> runs for a whole year like nothing does anymore except for like Gegege no Kitaro or something. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like uh, academics, the wrong word, but just from like a curiosity point of view, like what, what is this going to look like in a, f- a full four, four <laughs> cause time? Will like, if it hasn't been a, a roaring success, will like, will it like bottom out or, or like, can, can you sustain something like for that constant to run these days? It's be, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. It happens all the time. Uh, there's long, long-running shows. We're not even, we're not even going to mention Boku, like My Hero Academia, this because no one's watching it. But you know. Well, speaking <laughs> of of a sequel, speaking of a sequel to a long-running show uh, that just appeared, yeah, uh, Bleach. <laughs> None of us are watching except Andy. Yeah, well, I'm watching it because Mitz is a big fan of Bleach. Um, uh, and... I mean, I am too, but I'm not watching it because I, I have a bad taste in my mouth from how that show ended and all the stuff. Uh, I thought, I thought you, I, I think you might find it interesting, Ben, because the opening uh, episode has a very strong, like Evangelion themes. There, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of. So uh, many shows these days just mining my childhood, apparently. Yeah, no, really. There, there's a lot of shots of like uh, um, people, random people in the soul society going down elevators and sitting standing way too far away from each other to have a normal conversation uh all of a sudden there's a bank of computers and a very high definition view of uh japan on a monitor that is giant and doesn't make any sense uh which i also don't remember in the original anime although full confession I kind of gave up after the first arc because it got to the second, like the really long filler arc and it was really boring. And I think I got through that and then I gave up before it even Mm. got to the stuff that was Tite Kubo's sort of favorite stuff um, with Bleach, which he goes dad. Um, This again is the continuation of the anime that ended before the actual manga finished. Um, This is, uh, rounding off and doing the Thousand Year Blood War, which I don't know what that is because I haven't read the manga, so I have no idea, so I can't tell you. What I can tell you is that it's very pretty. They've done a really beautiful job of making all the characters that you know or lo- and love uh, very beautiful. And it looks mm-hmm. so much like Tite Kubo's work. It's astonishing. Um, I would really like... 
just from the opening shots where you have like a beautifully rendered uh, Tokyo skyline and then all these monsters come in and fight and there are there is some CG in there, sure, but there's also a lot of stuff that isn't CG and you know, you you just it's just gorgeous and it's fun to see characters that has been around for what, like 20, 30 years back on the screen, looking big, looking beautiful. And uh, I'm excited to see where it goes because I actually don't know anything else about it. Well, you, you praised his art. Do you, cons- do you, mm. are you a fan of Tite Kubo, even if you aren't a fan of Bleach? I am a fan of his art. I think he is a man who makes very pretty stuff, very striking stuff and very cool things. But I feel that as soon as it gets to the plot, I feel that that's yeah. where it lacks massively. It has huge plot holes and things that don't make sense. And it's just a kind of like, man, it just happened. It just happened. Don't worry about it. Uh, which <laughs> I think is fine. But when I now, but when I was originally watching it back like 10, 15 years ago, it really wound me up where it's like, what do you mean? He just got a bank eye. You don't just get a bank eye. And then like, yeah, no, he did. He just picked up a bunch of swords in a cave and then he did it for fucking ever. And now he's got a Bankai. That's how it worked. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Like... So I, I have like two important questions here. Firstly, mm-hmm. what the fuck's a Bankai? <laughs> Secondly, um, no, not knowing trouble, what the fuck a Bankai is, <laughs> would I still enjoy this? Like, I, I really enjoyed Burn the Witch, which was a mm. one-off OVA done by the, the, the production studio to sort of commemorate, I think it was 25 years since the... Uh, the original series started and it might have been 20 i apologize if i've made people feel older or younger than they actually are um but uh it was as andy it fitted everything Andy, andy said that like very visually striking beautiful art beautiful combat and kind of nonsense plot but it was short enough to for me to forgive that whereas this is like Firstly, like, is this gonna, how how long is this going to be? How, what sort of commitment is this asking of us? I think this is another uh, year long thing. Oh um, dear! They don't they, it's, edges backwards slowly, <laughs> slowly, slowly. Yeah, um, I can't see anywhere saying how many episodes it's going to be. It's just I'm, saying I'm frantically googling. Don't worry. Yeah, um, but what I can tell you is. Yeah, Burn the Witch was fun. It was another sort of short one-shot that Tite Kubo Mm. wrote um, and then got animated after it. It is also going to get some more shows. He has said that he's going to write more on it. I think you will not understand any of Bleach. Again, if you like the visual elements, if you just want to see a show that is going to be visually superb but then don't want to really understand what a Quincy, a Bankai, or a Hollow is, then you're probably gonna be fine. Otherwise How about Bonce? Do you need do you need Bont Souls? Do you need to know what that is? <laughs> I think that's even Deep that's... cut for my bleach fan friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I would say you you you'd probably give it a miss. I at least at least have watched the first season of Bleach, which is about fifty episodes to my memory. It could be longer um but yeah so yeah the so the first the um the like school days arc is the first 24 and then they go into the soul society arc which is i think as good as the show ever gets personally yeah (laughs) i i agree i think i think it's a case of 
TJ Kubo like doing a really good arc, and that's actually the story he wanted to make. And then they're going, guys, this is really successful. You're gonna have yeah. to keep making more stuff. And he's like, yes, start ah. introducing characters to make it last <laughs> oh. longer. More and more and more characters. New, new, a new parallel society to the Soul Society, and a bunch of characters you have to learn, and they have their own hierarchy. You have to learn that, mm. and then mm. yeah. I don't know. It reminds me, if we're ready to transition, I'm. it reminds me a lot of what's happening with Golden Kamui, where they're just like, hey, hey, here's more characters. We're not going to advance the plot, though. You're not yeah. even going to see uh, Sugimoto or uh, Asirpa in this episode. It's some guys who, who knew, the uh, who used to be part of the 7th the can seventh I, infantry or whatever. <laughs> can I can I just quickly go back real quick? The the things I would say, I mean again, like it's very beautifully done, but I would also like the the ending has a really nice bit where um they just go through scenes of the original anime and after watching like 20 minutes of like really high production and like new animation, it was very nice to see the old animation style and be like, ah oh, yeah, that's that's really nice. And I can see an argument for people saying that they like that more. I won't I won't defend that at all. I would say, yeah, I can see that that is and that can be a more uh enjoyable art style. But it also highlights the fact that they were an anime that was like one a week for what, like five, ten years? Like it went on for fucking ever. Um and then really ran its course. And so yeah, so uh I would say that yeah, Ben, you'd enjoy it. But I wouldn't say, Duncan, you should go watch it. You should stick to Burn the Witch. Burn the Witch is the better of the two, without a shadow of a doubt. And that's because there's less of it. As soon as there's more... <laughs> as soon as there's more of Tite Kubo's work, he very quickly runs out of ideas. But he knows yeah. how to make... But to his credit, he knows how to make characters that fucking badass. And all of the characters look really good. Apart from Orihime, who's just like a whatever it feels like it feels like 98% of your praise of this show is like looks really good looks really good all the characters look good the animation looks good the fights look good what about the plot is there good writing I mean it's not really started the first episode is just him like (laughs) not really it's the first episode they have to set up the premise and shit but the first episode the first episode is literally like remember all of these characters yeah they're, they're still there but there is there is a bit of setup about the Quincy arc which i think is what the main fight is it's the quincy's versus the the soul society um so there is a bit of that random people who have not seen get killed and i'm like i guess this is important somehow i don't know how uh <laughs> tbc <laughs> yeah and if, and if it's a fighting anime you're there for the good looking fights and mm. if the fights are good looking you know you're you're already in winning territory yeah and, and i think this was the problem that I had with Bleach. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I had, the problem I mean, I, I had... say that as a guy who doesn't watch fighting anime except for very rare occasions, I'm, I'm just projecting my uh, bad, you know, bad taste onto I'm, the people who do I'm watch I'm calling them bullshit, like them. Jeff, because you watch all of Baki the Grappler. Like, I'm calling out on your bullshit right there. <laughs> okay, I like the good ones. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of homoerotic uh, works of uh, men fighting other men, Ben, yeah. do you Thank you for bringing it around again, just <laughs> Duncan. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, technically you're part of this conversation too. You watched two episodes of it before you nope angrily right like, flounced on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, so 
I did not remember how season two ended. I remember, I remember how season two ended. I did not remember how season three ended. Um, I assumed there's a new configuration of whatever. And I liked the first episode. I thought it threw us back in with a, into the plot and reintroduced like what the stakes are with a bunch, with a bunch of like interesting, uh, high pressure situations that people are going through. Mm. And then the next two episodes have functionally been OVAs dealing with characters we've either never seen before or have never been given a reason to care yep. about before. We have a po- poisoner arc where, where they poison Hijikata, the, the, the big mastermind of the new Edo Republic. Um, and it turns out fine. Like all the characters are restored to their starting positions before that episode happened by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then we have a couple of the creepier characters from the army unit uh, at Hot Springs. And all the characters return to their starting positions at the end of the day. We have two more introduced because thank God Golden Kamui does not have enough weird looking dudes for me to have to remember who they are, who they're aligned with, what their special power is. I, we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit with, uh, with uh, Spy Fam, but I, I do so think it's, sure an, it's an odd Spy example. <laughs> Spyly. <laughs> Spymily. Spymily. Um, <laughs> Spoo Fam. Uh, but no... <laughs> They, we're going to talk about the lit, but a little bit, but like it's really interesting when you have a show that's being praised for being very close to the manga, and then it hits the point where the manga has become wildly successful, and they are now sandbagging with characters and digressions to try to draw things out. At which point, it would serve, it would sure serve the the episode better to cut that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but of course not. So instead, we just have like a really faithful adaptation of incidental manga vignettes that mean nothing to me. I don't care at all about the guy with like the weird men doodled or the guy who sleeps in like the little like cap with the ear on the bottom. Like, I don't want to see those guys again. They're not important to the story anymore. They've been outmaneuvered at the end of the last season. Like why, why do we see them healing at a hot springs and discovering a small conspiracy? It's just, yeah, I, I'm going to keep watching cause that's what I do. But like, I need to spend some time with Sugimoto. I need to spend some time with uh, with Shirishi. I need to spend some time with Asirpa. Congratulations, Shirishi, for getting for making it into like the key art of the OP a lot more. He's now an official third wheel in the uh, the friendship of Sugimoto and Asirpa. But yeah, I I it makes me when you say that uh, that uh, Kaguya-sama has four seasons, and I'm currently right now watching the fourth season of golden Kamui and being like, they didn't really need to make this season. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what I get worried about when like a show becomes suddenly transforms into this long running new core every, every year or so. But um, yeah, we'll see. They might just have decided to like reset the, reset the circumstances and then dump all the OVA worthy side stories into the first few episodes. Unfortunately, you're losing Duncan in the process Mm -hmm. and then they'll get back to the actual plot of, you know, finding the gold, discovering the conspiracies, you know, the fun stuff that I'm here for, the food, mm-hmm. and not like a weird gross-out episode where they like eat chewed chewed dough biscuits and like get really drunk and make gross things about how like, yeah, just spit it into my mouth, Grandma. Actually said, oh my God, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want delicious food. I want delicious in Dungeon. I mean... That's uh, coming. That's coming uh, in a couple of seasons. I know, I know. I'm very know. excited. Everything you say... I couldn't agree with more i guess i just have less tolerance for it than you because i like watched the second episode and i was just 
Yeah, I'm done. This this is just wasting my time, and there is far too much else I could be watching. Because this is not this is not a season where this is this is this is standout. This is new, fresh. This is, as you say, it's on its fourth season, and it's having to compete against other things which are newer and vibrant and uh, are moving their plots forward rather than stuck in this meandering filler wasteland. And like, yeah, when you're adapting something, you have to be aware that you're not filling if you if you waste your viewers time they're just going to drop you like this is not where they are starving for the ne next thing like you've got got to fill that time there's going to be gaps between your seasons anyway so when your season comes out it it has to be all all bangers it has to keep people wanting to to watch the next episode you can't afford to have episodes which are just bad rude jokes and side characters no one gives a fuck about and that's where it seems to be at the moment and i think it's just yeah that'll do me uh i will move on to watch better things things which uh yeah speaking of something that is better and new and fresh and features <laughs> comedy and fighting and food uh, i've been watching mobile suit gundam uh the witch from mercury um that's the one we're this... thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> we're really, um, really we're really like teasing the viewers to, to the actual <laughs> one that people want to hear B uh, botchy the i have bot. no idea what our listeners want us to hear <laughs> <laughs> to be completely uh, frank but yeah speaking of franks um i've been watching <laughs> uh, uh the witch from mercury uh it is a new gundam show uh by uh I don't think uh, anybody you would expect to be involved with the Gundam show is involved with this. Um, it's still by Sunrise, so you know they you well, know, yes, probably Gundam. because they own the name Gundam <laughs> and would never give it up for a billion million dollars. Uh, it is a it's a it's a weird grab bag. Like it it has the it has the Gundam flavor. It starts with a very Gundam ish, uh, you know prologue that was posted like a long time before the season even started where you have a, a world that is more or less governed by one big conglomerate that is controlling all of the like Gundam manufacturers and it creates this sort of like Edo era system where you have this thing where it's like the prestige of the the families that run the zaibatsus it's all determined by the outcome of dueling and so you have this scenario where there is this era of basically peace ruled over by this warrior caste that has to sort of like prove themselves martially but also they sort of like you know work and it's like oh yeah but like also we can cheat and we have way better tech because that's part of our martial mm, ability yeah. And, but then in the second episode or like the first proper episode, it like hard slams into Gundam High School. Uh, the main character, uh, uh, Samia, is like joining like the Universal Gundam High School and accidentally provokes a duel with the, the number one duelist in the school and kicks his ass because naturally she has the Gundam because that's how Gundam works. You have a, a weird punk kid who has the God machine who's able to beat everyone and ruin everybody else's day. And 
in doing so, she becomes the like the groom of the like the king like the king of mobile suits in the universe his daughter is like you know she's destined to marry whoever is the number one duelist and all of a sudden it's like it's weirdly utena for no apparent reason to the point where they actually have you know she you know her one place of solace on the whole space high school is this hothouse where she grows tomatoes instead of roses and <laughs> It's it's it, there's all of these like weird parallels, but at the same time you have all of this like you know the space politics that you would expect from Gundam, and and it, it's also just like a beautiful show. The fighting is great. As you know, if you like mobile suits fighting in random areas, it's great. You know, they have this whole they have dueling, so it's like oh yeah, you know we have this like hollow deck basically that creates you know whatever you have in mind of what a Gundam fight is supposed to look like, you'll probably see an area that's created for that purposes. They do the realism of Gundam where you have their fighting and like the, the fire suppression system goes off and that messes up the Gundam's ability to fire particle weapons. And just, you know, that, those little, like little bits of realism on top of the, you know, impossible walking armor suits that don't make any other sense, but because it's Gundam, you know, they're, they gotta be there. And it's, I don't, it's 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 great and but also weird like the 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 character designs are surprisingly like body diverse and interesting i mean Gundam's, like i think gundam does that fairly well generally like yeah mm-hmm. the the yuri overtones are kind of there with the two main characters but you also have just like an out lesbian couple in the first episode who are just like you know shown as being valuable members of the team and cool and it's not, you know, it, it feels like, you know, it just, it's, it's an interesting production. It's a, 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 it's a cool take on Gundam. I really like it. Uh, surprise. I watched all of this yesterday. Um, <laughs> so I'm caught up. Um, yeah. I didn't even mark it on the sheet. I want it to be a real, a real revelation. Um, yeah, I, I'm the witch for Mercury. Uh, no, uh, I, I like this. I agree with everything you said, Jeff. I do think that it, it comes from a weird, like, parallel universe uh, where instead of Ava breaking out and becoming, like, the paradigm by which you do, like, adult seinen uh, stuff, this is, like, a, a different world where Utena was, like, the huge breakout in the mid-90s mm-hmm. and everyone copied that. Um, but instead of other Ikuhara shows or Review Starlight, which feel like they're kind of riffing on Utena, this is just literally lifting just massive amounts of Utena from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, even down to like, like <laughs> the like beat the best duelist in the school and then beat him in an unfair rematch is literally how Sionji is introduced to Newtona and they just introduce him like that. But I really hope they move past it because I do think that there are some aspects of the production that just can't be as good as Utena's mm-hmm. are. When they introduce uh, uh, Anticasia or Astacasia, the, the Otorian space. Um, and they're literally doing what in Utena would be like the school scarlet while panning over all these like amazing background art of it. But it's just like, it's just like a MIDI orchestra just kind of playing like a general riff as opposed to yeah. like a really like crafted piece of, of music that really gives it a sense of place. And part of that's because you just, you don't, you don't have massive orchestras doing your score anymore. That's not how mm-hmm. music is made. Uh, in anime in this day and age, but it does every time, like almost every time I'm shown something that's really reminiscent of Utena, I'm just like, 
we shall just watch Newton. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> but it's it's but, kind of this. It feels like that with Urusayatsu to a lesser extent of just like I really hope they find their own voice um, yeah. because I appreciate someone who is just really cribbing heavily from Ikuhara's notes. Uh, as we you've seen on this podcast, Newton is just a, a staggering work of genius. And yeah, sure, borrow everything you can possibly get away with. Just do a complete. Uh, total conversion mod on Otori and turn it into like the weird asteroid fighting place. But I do hope that we that we get beyond like uh, what's her face Sureta having to deal with space racism because that's the <laughs> latest episode, the one that aired today. Um, everyone's racist against uh, against Earthians. Mm-hmm. Uh, having her deal with that in between fights, I I need a little more and I need it to go places. And surely the politics will probably yeah. drive it in that direction. But now one who thing knows I how do- and when. What I do like is that rather than, you know, rather than like the magical realism of Utena, the, you know, you have the Gundam sort of like grounded realism so that, you know, that's what, you know, you have, you know, like, like the ritualized dueling and things like that in place of out and out warfare, sort of creating a, you know, a reason for these things to happen. Like you have like the court politics happening in the background. You have adults, you know, who have a stake in this as well and not just like, maybe the devil, you know, trying to do something confusing like you have in Utena. And oh, so we just, we just replaced, we replaced the devil with a super corporation is what we did. <laughs> so Again, um, more realistic. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think the, th- the one thing we have to also point out here is it's not just riffing on Utena. It's also riffing on um, Shakespeare. Like the, this is the the Gundam is called Ariel. There is a Miss Prospera. Like this, this is also riffing riffing on the Tempest and the 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 structure of. Uh, I'm sure there's uh, like this is probably right in Ben's uh, court. Like the structure of like uh, sort of the, the noble houses of Italy and the sort of these corporations and and how they're. All they're, they're like they're the heads of them are like dukes under a thing. Like as Jeff says, there's definitely feudal it all feels to it, and I don't know how it's, it's like there's so many flavors being thrown at us at once. Like it's it's very tasty, yeah. but I'm not sure if you'll get a bit bit too much after uh, chowing down on it for a couple of, of episodes in a row. But at the moment, it's still still enjoyable, but I just don't know when it's going to pick what its actual themes are because it's just throwing everything at you it has time it's got we there's another series already announced for 2023 so i think we're gonna get at least the full two core which means they can fuck around with like weird pom-pom hair girl who is just like a super anti-spacey and racist um but of course has to be won over to what's her face's side sorenta Or Eric, or whatever she was in the prologue. Yeah. Anywho, we're not supposed to know that yet, even though they told us <laughs> in the prologue. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm happy to see where it goes. Um, I I have a lot of fondness for like cool idea that can be made because they stick Gundams in it. That's the whole point of Turn A Gundam, I, I think. Um, but I also want to. I also like want to know why I should recommend this to people. Uh, instead of Utena, if unless they just have an allergy to to fantasy and magical realism. <laughs> Did you guys watch uh, Iron Blooded Orphans in the end? No, I watched a bunch of it. I don't. I think I kind of like just fell off of it because I was in a, I was watching. I was like binging it during another busy season and it just kind of fell off of it. I enjoyed it. It's got that sort of like Mario Kata mm. like yelling your feelings in the rain stuff that I like. 
and also it just looks really good and has fun fights. So I, I'll, I, I might go back and pick that up again at some point. But yeah, it seems like a lot of people watched Iron Blooded Orphans and then didn't finish it. We're just yeah. like close to the end, but didn't finish it. It happened a lot. Is it just get depressing or is it get boring? It, it's, which one? It's pretty much by the end. It's very obvious that it's going to be a suicide run and the characters that you love for the last like 48 chaps episodes, <laughs> which you do like you genuinely like the whole of the little ragtag of um, shit kids uh, who are trying to get a better life. And then the ending of them is that they're all going to die is like the penultimate episode. <laughs> I was like, I don't know whether I want to watch the last episode, <laughs> but I, it's, it's something that's definitely on the list. I just need to fucking commit because I know it's going to be quite sad. <laughs> Next episode, Jeff comes back. Oh, it ended fine. It was, yeah, it was a happy were, ending. It was, like, was flowers, was streamers everywhere, parade through town. Everyone was happy. That definitely <laughs> would not will not happen in Blood uh, Iron Blooded Orphans. But yeah. I mean, who knows? They might they might pull like a complete one eighty. But I feel like that. <laughs> Talking about stuff that we were hoping would do a complete one eighty from season one, though. Spy Family oh, wow. season two. Is still fucking slow. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of this. I mean, like I said, I was, uh, I was talking about this in comparison to Golden Kamui, and like, yeah, I, I do not need a three episode arc about them getting a dog. I don't need it to be three episodes. Cut some of that shit. I, uh, I, I would like, I like three episodes of the dog, but I don't like the recap after episode three where they go through the stuff, which is like, come on. You've already shown me this. It's still nice to have them back on the screen. I still love. Yeah, yeah. I still love the your family. They're all great. Um, I've got. I, I like this that that they're, they're, they're not the forgers. They're the your family. The your like, family. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mister and, and Mrs. Your. Andy's heart on his sleeve. There, we we know know who's his uh, his uh his he's standing favorite. for. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just didn't need the like. We didn't need a three episode terrorist plot. Like they could have cut one of the twists where they run away and then they have a backup plan and they stop a bomb. They have another backup plan and they run away and then they find the guy and then they call and reach for. Yeah, it's just, it's too much. Um, it takes focus off the family. It makes me spend a lot of time with this shithead terrorist who I know is just marked for death. Just, <laughs> just openly like this guy is way too evil and cruel to like exists in this world after this arc is done and also this is a quarter of the fucking season or the fucking the yeah. fucking core and uh, and about getting a dog and then this one was like oh it's a it's a joke episode about you're learning to cook much better i like this show when it's about the domestic life and not about like lloyd's stupid job <laughs> i don't know i'm not invested in the, t- I, in the spy part of the spy I, family I feel, I feel that then you need to have the spy part uh, otherwise, yeah. it just it, shouldn't be three episodes. If it, yeah, if it was all, if it was all your cooking, then you might as well be watching. You know, do it yourself. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am. I am indeed. <laughs> but I think I think that's what makes I think that's what makes Spy Family good is you do have yeah. the spy stuff, the intrigue stuff going on. I want to see more of Anya being at school and being very dumb and cute. Like that's the stuff that I also really like. But I, mm-hmm. I feel that you have to have all, all three of them together makes a perfect, like, soup that I want to drink. But they're not. They're very much, like, heavily segmented. Uh, yeah. 
they all have their own lives with their own secrets and like it makes sense to split them up but they're best when they're together like i love the ed for this season it's just them mm. cooking a dinner as a family and going to bed it's like this is exactly what i love about this show and i feel like they know it because they put it in the ed so after i could watch an episode and be like there wasn't enough domestic shit <laughs> they can be like oh look it's anya and yor and lloyd cooking a, a dinner together uh, they go through two bottles of wine, which seems like a very happy family to me. <laughs> so, I um, I I just I also like I need a bit more progression on the family side as well. Like it, it yeah. I know it's early days, but I, there's all this sort of you know they all apart. Anya knows that those two are an assassin and a spy. Like, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, I'm waiting for the realizations to hit. I, I would imagine that that you know uh, Lloyd knows that you're is an assassin. Lloyd is not a dumb person, but somehow just pretends mm. like cut blinds turns a blind eye to it. Nah, man, like she, she fucking think like it, kicks a guy in the face. I think it's more that L- Lloyd is extremely blinkered. Like he once he gets like focused on a. Uh, achieving something like he kind of disregards anything which isn't directly related to that and so the f- fact that that yours like this c- crazy kung fu lady that doesn't matter <laughs> that's 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 not yeah. what he, he's he's focused on doing right now so he's just z- zoned in on what what he's got to get to do and like they occasionally bring up the, the, the this thing that he's got this family together just to achieve this mission and while that mission has yet to be achieved that they're his family and but oh what happens when i have to discard this family but i'm maybe feeling feelings oh dear uh, this this will be a terrible moment when i have to say goodbye to them and or, or not, i don't know right. like but that's a, that's a long way away because this is this is very successful actually most heartbreaking twist of the thing did you guys see uh what the manga car thinks about his creations no he does is there not an article like, or something? Yeah, he he oh. apparently does not like the forges at all. He he's like, oh, I I just wanted to do, I just got pitched this, and I sort of just threw it out, and people loved them, and I don't care about them at all. It's like, no. <laughs> I mean, I I love to hear y'all hope for the future, but this has been around since 2019. They have 10 volumes. There's no way that any of them finds out each other's identity in this season if they have a third season also not going to happen in that season that's my that's my sincere belief i'd be willing to yeah. bet some good money on that I, it's a yep. shonen it's a shonen gag manga and, and action that, comedy and then and then also like the the pacing i think is also due to the fact that this is probably going to be an earlier time slot as opposed to um another show that i feel is from jump that we will talk about after this <laughs> is it's an earlier time shot, so it's aimed more for kids. So it is, it is slower for that exactly. I mean, it's a, it it air, it airs at ten o'clock um, at night, so which is a, a, and all other animes aired at like one o'clock. At night. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. <laughs> so, so it is it's just, it's just I can't. I, the kid who stays up till ten to watch Spy Fam, I, I think it's a, <laughs> it's pretty wild. That kid needs discipline. I think <laughs> I think that kid's perfectly disciplined with the. Weird uh-huh. Eastern European <laughs> spies that, that they're falling in love with. Uh, anyway, talking about stuff that does cut out a lot of chaff. Let's talk about Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I think cuts it with a chainsaw. I think we're all watching oh, this 
Apart from unsurprisingly Ben, who doesn't watch good stuff. I'm busy, Andy. I'm busy, Andy. <laughs> what are you chatting about? There's, there's a clearly, this is very you. There's a very popular show and you're like, no, nah, I'm not watching that. <laughs> he's a man with chainsaws and he's like a devil and like, oh, it's really good. And it's Mappa. I don't need that. No, I, I need to be the third pillar of this, of this podcast. Yeah, heaven, heaven for fed the... the, the, the... <laughs> y'all have it covered what do you want me to talk more <laughs> it's fine. but yeah let's let's talk about chainsaw man <laughs> chainsaw man is i think this is probably like the anointed show of the season from like the cool mm-hmm. anime kids but i think and, i think it's been for the last like two years it's been teased yeah. and you can see the money and the budget and it is it is spent and you know has been considered very carefully for this season and i think it's amazing so far yeah yeah, like, you know, in its, you know, it doesn't need me to defend it, but in its defense, like, it is a very fun, entertaining manga, and it's shaping out to be the same thing in animated form. I love the sort of, like, stupid, grimy amorality of the characters. It's something that you get so rarely in these kinds of fighting shows where like the main character, you know, his motivations are just like, Oh, I want to like touch this girl's boobs. Like this is the first (laughs) time in my life that I've had a goal that wasn't just surviving to tomorrow. And he's like Mm. trying to adjust to this life of like, cause you know, in, in the series, Denji, like his dad racks up a bunch of debts with the Yakuza. And so he gets like press ganged into being a devil hunter because in this world, like, you know, devils and ghouls and ghosts are real uh demons sort of exist as like personifications of things that are scary and the scarier a thing is the more you know the more dangerous and powerful it is and he sort of makes a deal with a chainsaw demon to kill other demons and Hochi, the cutest yeah, demon in the world yeah the weird little, you know, you know, we were talking before, Ben, about, you know, anime needs more weird blobby animal mascots. And we got that in this, you know, he and he, you know, he turns into a chainsaw monster, like by the end of the first episode. But it's there. It's, it's the stuff you like. And, you know, he he joins this like, you know, secret society slash official police agency of demon hunting and it's like him and another guy and this like other devil girl who are all kind of like dumb and young and stupid and just out to have fun as much as they are out to do anything else and it just has that sort of like goofball energy that i really enjoy i think there's a certain amount of it not being a how can i put it like there's definitely an idea of him or this almost being like a salaryman job like the the their, their suits are like this very plain very cheap shirts very cheap cheap looking trousers and and t- mm-hmm. having to have a, a tie done and, and denji starts with such low expectations in life that just yeah. having a job where he can eat and have food that's amazing to him and like just living some sort of life which isn't basically a hell is like yeah, this is this is perfect. Mm-hmm. This is all I, I want. This is my yeah. dream. But in the world overall, like the job status is just one step above like a garbage man. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's sort of municipal. Yeah, yeah. They show up, they kill the monsters and people are like, why don't you kill them faster? Why don't you do it better? Why aren't you guys, like, why is this such a pain in the ass? You guys suck. Fuck off. <laughs> Which again, I, I think is great. Uh, yeah. I, I love, and also just like talking about uh, the animation style, like 
holy shit, it is really beautiful all the time, mm. constantly. I can't tell when they transition from CG to 2D. It is so beautifully done and it is so immaculately done. Action scenes are absolutely like crisp and perfect and you can feel everything, every hit and uh, you know every wallop that comes out, you can really feel it on the screen. It's, it's so well done. Like the, the whole production is, is impeccable. Uh, I also really like how the ending changes every episode and it's not just mm-hmm. like, it's the same MV at the back. No, it's a completely new MV as well with a different art style and director. And, you know, the second episode, it, it was just like, wow, there's so much money in this. It, it's incredible. And it doesn't feel like it's wasted either. Uh, I also really like how they, they are blasting through the manga. The, I Just out of curiosity, I read the first few chapters after watching the second episode. The first episode is pretty much one-to-one with the first chapter, which is kind of what you'd expect. The second Mm -hmm. episode, however, just cuts out half of episode chapter two, where he pointlessly fights like a muscle monster um, after when he's waiting for his uh, udon in the... the, and you know they just they were like no cut that out it's not use it's not relevant and he's Good right to hear. yeah uh, I I really liked it again like yeah. he didn't he has this power and he doesn't want to use it because he knows it's gonna rip his, all the nice stuff he's got which he doesn't realize is like just corporate and he could get another one it does seem like they did sort of pay pay service to that that idea because like in that same episode he just gets sent to kill basically a ghoul like just this person who's become infested with a a demon and he kills him really simply and quickly and it's like oh i didn't want to cause suffering and then when it's it's, uh, actually no i just didn't want to get my clothes dirty and and so it's, it's like they're still hitting the same beats but they're doing it in double quick time, it sounds like. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much. Um, he, he doesn't need to transform. You don't need to see his transformation every episode. And I think that's really good. His transformation is also fucking badass. And it looks really cool. Uh, and I love it when he's getting these piles of zombies on top. And then he just like transforms and you see it like, you know, cut up. And it, it looks really good. Uh, also really bloody, also really violent. And you just have mm. this, I don't know, it... it it just it just works on every level. The only thing I have to say so far is that like the manga at least was touted as sort of like the the beckoning of a new era of like manga and sort of storytelling. And I'm not really seeing that yet. It could be because it seems very <laughs> familiar. It feels very familiar to Jujutsu Kaisen, which came out after Chainsaw Man. So it could just mm-hmm. be like I've watched Jujutsu Kaisen, so it's kind of like Jujutsu Kaisen that's already almost done it, but I feel maybe not as well as Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man being the more prestige thing, they've taken more time to animate it and get it ready. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone else can comment on that. No, there's definitely you've definitely got um, similarities with JJK in both its production and like the the way it sort of has this pact with a devil, literally and metaphorically, going on with its lead. Like both. Denji he makes this deal with Pochi and what 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 does that infer further down the line? We don't really know that yet. Like this, this whether this is a good thing for him, really, 
I, I, I really don't not sure I feel entirely optimistic about that and similarly in JGK it's like you've, you've swallowed a, a finger of a demon to gain some of his powers and eventually he'll over he will overcome you and we're gonna have to kill you and like that's a that's a good good thing to be sort of looming over uh, an otherwise upward curve of a shonen power story I I've also been watching um, Cyberpunk Edgerunners this season, and I think there's a, a a moment going on where we are very much like interested in uh, nihilism and antiheroes who's are at the very bottom of society, having to fight their way up. And I don't think like there's we even get a sense of what the society in Chainsaw Man is. Like all all we get is that devils exist, that this sort of municipal service exists to clean them up and the people are in there just because this is the only way they can make a living and they oh yeah i was i was just gonna say like it is a, a show where like yeah if you really looked at the grand scale of or and the implications of the world building it might fall apart but because it's so focused on just being a sort of like you know street level you know it's just this guy and his like blue collar buddies just trying to you know make it through the day and like you know hanging out like it it works in that sense yeah it's it's i i guess in a weird way it's technically a workplace comedy um, so it's, mm. <laughs> it's like working um but i think yeah just just to transition to a little bit, because I'd like to talk a bit more about uh, Cyberpunk Edgerunners before we move on to the uh, a few other things. Like Edgerunners is very much hardboiled fiction, so this this idea of like an individual adrift in a, a failed society and it's like a, a deep, deep, deep cynicism that we can ever improve our lot in life. Like you're doomed. You you've started in the gutter. You're going to end in the gutter. And mm-hmm. in both of them, you have um, that this sort of resignation to the to the where they are. This, I guess, that this is my day to day, and I'm stuck in it. And I think in where society is at at the moment, like that's a very rel- relatable thing for for most people. Like, yeah, I get, guess this is my job. I've just got to do it, and this is what I have to do just to make ends meet to just survive and they're Denji and David are both really apathetic characters at the start of their acts and the the thing which breaks them out is the appearance of a woman in in Denji's case it's Makima and in uh, David's case it's Lucy and they're, they're both very much shown initially as some form of femme fatale and like how f- fatal they turn out to be is is uh not entirely clear at the start but uh, particularly in um chainsaw man we're getting s- strong signals that makima is certainly not as um kind and uh gentle as denji seems to have um initially thought like there's there's something which causes other people to be wary around her, to be a bit bit afraid of her, and his innocence towards that, his him just not picking up on that at all because he doesn't. He's been 
so isolated he doesn't really have any sort of social um radar like that just leaves him us seeing it and him not seeing it and that that feeling that he's just completely doomed that he's gonna just dig himself a bigger and bigger hole until something goes very badly wrong yep yeah and we're gonna have fun watching him do it (laughs) (laughs) and that and that's that's good like you can unlike most protagonists you can understand denji's innocence and his uh his just stupidity he's a stupid character but a character that has got a lot of heart that you'd love i uh and i feel that's the same with power as well who was the who was also introduced and is also great the voice acting is great that it fits her character completely of just being an absolute like kind of rambunctious uh demon who slays other demons and i i just yeah, like I also wanted to mention, I really loved the like the the camera work in the show when Powell was introduced. They did this thing where like she slams open the door, and then it feels like the camera was knocked over by the slamming of the door. And it was like <laughs> I've never seen stuff like that in anime done. Where it that was a cool bit of sort of like animation, and it's all that. It's not like that's just one example of them doing cool stuff with the direction with the cinematography that you just don't have in a lot of anime these days. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited to see where this is going. I really feel that they're going to make a really strong first season. And I'm, it's, it's good. It's very, very good. And speaking of shows that have surprisingly good direction, uh, are funny and feature a stupid main character. Uh, a lot of us have been watching uh, Bocce the Rock. A two of you have been watching Bocce the Rock. Cause... I mean, that's, that's 50%. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the uh, yeah, Bocce the Rock, uh, a, a show about a sort of lonely, socially anxious girl who, you know, decides one day that, like, hey, you know, I don't like going outside. I don't like talking to people. And the way I could be cool is if I join a rock band. And so she teaches herself to play guitar and then realizes that, oops, she still doesn't have any social skills to approach people. And so she, you know, suffers through middle school, you know, getting really good at guitar, but at nothing else. And then sort of accidentally joins a band, uh, I love when, the opening, like the, <laughs> just the, just that they went cold into it. It's like, oh, yeah, she she decides to become a a, a thing, and then it's three years later, and then yeah, <laughs> and she hasn't done anything. <laughs> yeah, no friends and but amazing yeah. guitar skills. And you know, and you know, she sort of stumbles into getting a uh, getting into a band, and it's a, it's a lot of her sort of like dealing with her you know nerves and fear of other people but also like making friends and it it's you know it's 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 largely cute girls doing cute things um they do sort of like dip into like the darkness that Watamote would touch on where you have you know the main character Hattori who you know she survives high school by you know eating lunch in a storage shed in the stairs she you know constantly is like you know avoiding eye contact uh, when she joins the band like one of the bandmates her sister runs a club and she's like oh you can come work at this club she's like yeah that sounds like a great idea and then she like tries to make herself sick so that she doesn't have to go to work because she wants to blow it off 
But, you know, unlike Wadamote, which is about, you know, being in that pit and never escaping, this show, you know, you know, she has the, all these people who want her to succeed and, you know, fate sort of intervenes to make sure that she's happy. And so you get the, you know, her slowly sort of starting to come out of her shell. Uh, and, you know, on that front, it's very lovely. I think there's a sincerity to it, which Watamoti doesn't have. Like, Watamoti were very much looking in on what's going on with Tomoko. Like, when very rarely invited to emphasize with her, we're, we're meant to go to look at her and go, dear God, why, why don't you do that? Whereas watch Hitori is always trying, like she is trying mm-hmm. so hard to, 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 to make friends and she just is not equipped to do it. And it's, it's so like, as I say, it's so sincere, her, 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 her desire to, to find people and to con- make a connection. And it's, it's far, more melancholy like like her her failure that it's not mm-hmm. the the black humor of uh, watamote where it's just like this person's doomed to fail because they don't see what the problem is she knows what the problem is she knows what she's got to do but she just can't do it and like mm-hmm. it also has these this rel- it's it's quite a um generically handsome show i'd say overall like it's really nicely drawn characters but they are quite you wouldn't be able to tell it apart from its stills from any other generic cute girls doing cute things in show with a with a decent production budget but it has these moments like what often mm-hmm. moments of psychological um stress for for hitori or moments of daydreaming where it actually just kind of gets a little bit experimental and a little bit ex- expressive like andy was talking about how chainsaw man is happy to throw the camera about a bit like this is a show which is happy to move the camera about a lot more than most anime are like to mm-hmm. to have like her sitting in on a stairwell like having a moment of self-realization and depression and the camera just you zoom in in on her until it sort of disappears into one of her earrings and yeah yeah like you have moments of uh you know yeah like you were saying like self-doubt when it jumps into like mixed media where you have you know paper you know cut out puppets making fun of her for like you know deeming to try to join a conversation or something like that you know, very like Carrie Kano style. I think they impact more almost because the rest doesn't feel particularly different. Like the, 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 that, these moments where it needs to hit, it really does. Like instead of some shows where they just throw things at you a hundred miles an hour all the time, this just is fairly steady, and then suddenly it's, it's it almost slams on the brakes, and you, the, the the judder of that moment sort of makes you go, oh. And yeah, it's it's really effective and uh, affecting. And and also the in general the voice performances are all fantastic. Like yeah, the, yeah. The comedic timing is there. The you know it's got you know lots of those great moments where you know it's like you know somebody says something very you know it's like you know some something something says something silly and you get the like the Sukomi sort of like oh she admitted it you know why are you doing that. <laughs> And it just like the delivery is fantastic. I really like it. What I want to know though, what elevates mm-hmm. this show above literally every other cute girls doing cute things, manga anime? Because like this sounds like like it sounds like I mean the main character from Zombie Land Saga. Like there's there's 
no emotional depth to Zombieland Saga. Like, I do no, not emphasize it sounds these, like it, it sounds like a woman who can't go out and be a, a star because she's a hikimori and she's a shine. Like that, that's not. But what if you actually treated that as as a, a actual person who has to actually make their way out of that rather than a trope? I I would say that like just the sheer talent and execution of this elevates it. It is a very good one of those. Like it is not going to change your life. It's not going to change anime. It's not going to be remembered one season later, probably by any of us even. <laughs> but. It's not and and not quite to the same degree as DIY, but like I look forward to watching this every week and I am delighted throughout watching, you know, every every episode. I love the little like points of like wacky sakuga and mixed media that they throw at you. Mm. I love the uh like the character interactions, you know, you you know the, the four main characters are all like, you know, nicely realized, you know, they they all sort of like rely on one trope, but again, like it's, it's all the execution. It's like, you know, it, it's Clover works. It's, you know, it's a very competent staff doing, having fun with it. And I, I would say like, you know, in that it's like, it, it, it does not feel cynical. It does not feel like a cash in. Like this is a, a manga that has like, I think three or four volumes. And it's, it's just like, it's, it just, a well-executed funny show. Yeah, it just wonder, it just feels if... that for a season which is so busy on stuff, this is going to be lost, and it feels like it's going to yeah. be a shame. But it's just it's just going to be lost amongst the the better, the higher quality stuff that I feel is about. <laughs> Not to say that this isn't high quality, but there's you know. Chainsaw I mean, Man and Mob Psycho. Well, that's why we have this podcast to call out <laughs> good stuff that people would probably miss because every single like anime channel on any Slack or Discord is like Chainsaw Man. Just yeah. watch Chainsaw Man. <laughs> I think only anything you need to watch Chainsaw Man. Yeah. I think a lot of it, it's uh, like why I like this comes from that being so disappointed with aspects of Kami. Kami can't communicate is like pay such lip service to the idea of social anxiety while having absolutely no interest in actually exploring the the thoughts or or blocks to who's going through any sort of of that other than anything as a punchline and Boshi actually does seem to be interested in that and uh having had times like that in my life like it's interesting to see it's actually treated properly rather than as just a punchline and like Kami I I try I had had have quite a good friend who's who's struggled with uh, social anxiety and I I tried to get them to watch watch Kami just as like well even if it doesn't represent it it's actually at least it's visibility and they just kind of found it not offensive but like the fact that Kami kind of gets a get out of jail free card and all all the things like um, someone with social anxiety he might have to suffer with the fact that she's this beautiful little girl who everyone adores just is her get out of free she's you know she's gonna uh, be okay in the end as and bocce yeah has has some of the same you know she's gonna be okay in the end but she is having to change herself to get there and she's having to do it with her own um and her own thing plus she's also playing guitar in a, a, a used uh cardboard box and that that wins votes for me 
Yeah, I, I will say amazing that... battle athletes victory reference as I <laughs> as I choose to interpret it. Yeah, I don't, I can't think of any. Yeah, I'm no, I'm going to give that you. I'm going to give you that one. They they've been listening <laughs> to our podcast and they're like, oh, we got to do a battle athletes reference because I'm sure we're the only people to have well, broadcasted any series. thoughts about that. <laughs> I, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I can't. It's, it's, I can't for some reason, it it's in the it's in the air. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Though I will push back on you a little bit there, Duncan, because Bocce definitely exists in a world where, like, you know, part of her learning guitar is that she starts a YouTube channel (laughs) and she gains, like, confidence and self-worth from the comments being left because everybody is being so nice to her. And, you know, part of her in, you know, that gets her past her social anxiety is that the people who want want her to join the band, like are saying like, oh yeah, this, like, you know, your, your style is a lot like this person. And, you know, even though like they don't know it's her, she's able to use that to overcome. Whereas in something like Watamote, it's more like, oh, this person withdraws within themselves and nobody notices and nobody cares. And they just disappear into a hole for, you know, years at a time. And it's like, that's largely more how it actually happens. Whereas this, you know, exists in the world where, you know, somebody sees this person for what they're worth and pulls them out against their will and makes them happy. And, you know, that's that's the world we wish we lived in. And I can't I can't say that I, I hate that about Bocce, uh, but I don't I don't think it's like really like this. is Yeah, it's certainly more optimistic. We can, we can go in circles chasing our tails about why we like something, but it's early times. I think it's the end of season where we really um, find out if we're yeah. right to so spend our time let's, on something. Let's go to something which I th- think we've all had plenty of time to figure out why what, why we like it. And that's uh, season three of Mob Psycho. Uh, which yep, is yeah. here and is great. Has the like in a season of banging ops, this has the most banging op. At least that's my opinion. No, I don't know. no, no. What what, <laughs> what beats it for you? Is it Chainsaw Man or? I mean, I really like the Do It Yourself opening, but then oh, again, okay. it's, it's also very. <laughs> I like that, but I want to put it same it's, tier. It's very, um, it's very much like uh, Yuru Camp. Sort of, it's exactly the same vibes <laughs> as Yoda Camp. It works. It's cozy. I like the Mob yeah. Psycho three opening. I think the first one's better. I mean, they're both good. Like, they're all uh, good. Uh, but let's not get into <laughs> Mob Psycho is yeah. very good. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mob, yeah, Mob Psycho by Studio Bones. It it strikes me as a very good vegetarian meal where like I go in going, oh, I'm going to be eating my vegetables, but I come out at the end. It's like, that was really good. But somehow it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Somehow it just, it never like implants itself that, Oh, you actually like things that are good and not just like trashy and stupid in some way, but that, that will never take hold in my brain. But so every time I go into Mob Psycho and it's like, oh, it's just, the, it's the, it's the show that's pretty good, I guess. And then I get to the end of an episode and it's like, hell yeah, fucking give me more of this. Yeah, I, I really am enjoying seeing uh, Mob and Reagan. Reagan, Reagan, thank you, uh, Reagan growing and Reagan learning that he has to, he's you know, his mentorship is waning. It was very much like a part of season two that he had to deal with. And now this season three is sort of like this new relationship between Reagan and Mob where Reagan's like, I, there's nothing I can teach you anymore. You're your own person. And that was really lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really am looking forward to where it's going. Like the big mm-hmm. broccoli is now turning into like <laughs> a thing that they're, they're worshipping. Uh, and it's it's just like 
it's just fairly i mean it's the same show that we know and love for the last two seasons mm-hmm. that i have been touting as one of the better one the better one work that is out there um mm. yeah absolutely yeah Be- definitely better than one punch man 100 yeah. percent uh, I, I will I will say there is one one thing which is is different for me for, with this season. It's like for, for me, like Mob has always been something I've been able to go and like it's it's really wholesome and and nice and 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 good and it's as you say they're always good. The season two in particular, like them them growing together, like all the character like this this real sense of a, a genuine friendship between in the cast and like as you say yeah. Reagan and Mob in particular but like even his like his the art with his little brother and uh they're all like just really genuine friendships and like the th- difference with this is like there's some signs of tension like yeah the, Dimple in Dimple in particular but equally just the Mob sort of fl- flying the nest in terms of like moving out of dependence on Ray- Reagan like finding self-confidence but maybe a bit too much confidence like just this element of tension coming into it and like yeah that that, that's unusual for mob and and like makes it fresh in a -hmm. way which you don't expect of something after three seasons yeah i love the fact that he is starting to realize that you know, he's a teenager boy who's realizing that he's the most powerful being on earth and it's starting (laughs) to go to his head literally with his face oh, like yeah. contorting into being like you know looking like Jotaro Kujo <laughs> when he's like getting full of himself yeah i my my main worry for this season is that uh for the people from what i understand of people's comments on the manga this is when mob starts going downhill uh and i wonder how they combat that in the anime um but we will yet to see uh, just yeah. very happy to have more mob back in our life <laughs> so yeah yeah that leaves us with one uh, more <laughs> one more uh we're going back to the trough we're going back oh, to the gosh. garbage can uh i keep a made war <laughs> yeah keep a made war disdain the... on ben's uh, voice <laughs> i mean a... if you haven't figured out i'm just like being told what to watch and i was told by like everybody <laughs> like watch this blind now Nah. I didn't yep. say that. All right. Well, now I'm now you've had your opportunity. I'm going to spoil it for you. And now you're probably still not going to watch it be out of yep. sheer spite. Uh, yeah. This is this season's like big sort of anime original energy kind of show. It is. It takes place in Akihabara uh, in the late '90s, early 2000s, and it envisions a world where rather than Kabukicho being the sort of epicenter of organized crime it's akihabara instead and maids are the yakuza you have the like so you have the the you know it centers around this girl who's like you know moved in from the inaka because she wants to you know join the you know the wonderful glamorous world of being a maid uh, and is then immediately sort of like shipped out to, you know, be killed in a sort of quid per quo, uh, you know, backroom deal with, uh, you know, by this sort of overboss that the, you know, her maid cafe owes a bunch of money to, but he looks like, you know, the classic otaku with the headband and the, you know, the, the poster sticking out of his backpack. Um, and she, but she's partnered up with a, you know, you know, a, another rookie maid with a mysterious past who happens to be this like, 
you know, a, a gunfighter on the level of like a Revy uh, in Black Lagoon and they accidentally, you know, yeah. massacre this other rival uh, maid cafe and things sort of like spiral out of control there. And so underselling that massacre, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like they have this like ridiculous gunfight, you know, first she, like, she gets shot in the face and it's like, it's, you know, the, a, you know, the, uh, uh, Ranko, the, the sort of like, you know, cold blooded killer shoots this, you know, rival, made in the face and it's spraying blood everywhere. Like it's uh ketchup coming out of a bottle and, you know, going onto an amurice. And then the, you know, the music starts up and they start doing the, like, like the Genki Genki Moe Kune, like dancing, but it's a gunfight and she's blowing everybody away. And then and they the- get back and, you know, she, you know, she gets shot in the arm and she just kind of like grins and bears it and massacres everybody. They get back and they're like, oh, shit, you guys are alive. Oh, God, what are we going to do? And <laughs> that gunfight just was is worth watching the first episode for because her guns are treated like glow sticks. They, they emphasize yeah. the lighting on the edge <laughs> of it. And so she's like waving them back and forth and, and doing like choreography with them and they they <laughs> punctuate punctuating the the dance with bangs so it's like if if bang bang chi, 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 bang bang chi, bang 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 from kong ming was actually the recoils of guns every every time and it's it's just it was just like no hold, holds bad just went full in for every inch of potential it had and i, I don't think it can ever quite scale those same heights in terms of like leaning into its absurdity but even in its second episode which is kind of like kakagori uh light where they go into a yakuza um gambling den to win well sorry no it's a maid gambling den remember yeah all crime is being done by maids (laughs) it's a maid gambling den run by the yakuza um to win win enough money to uh to keep their uh their maid cafe open which has been lost by their incompetent manager who i, I who i very much enjoyed like she's she's yeah. so bad at her job <laughs> and have no idea how she has remained in it because she just seems to just constantly land her juniors in trouble and she she's gambled away e their shop and that they're there to win it back and they do all the typical things things where okay i've spotted your tail this is how i've worked out your system and and this is why i have won and she puts down and the the girl puts down her her hand of in poker and it's sort of it scans across the room to the other one who just goes i've got i've got you have eights i've got nines and then she's just like well then <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, because just... they're at the yeah, they're at the point where they're losing so badly that they're being sold into indentured servitude on like those ghost boats that like do fishing off the coast of Africa, and you know, and then it just like you know collapses into a big bloody gunfight, and the the fact that the show leans into the you know the seriousness of the world and gets the comedy from that rather than it just being like a straight up gag show, I think really, really helps it. It's not, you know, it's, 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 it's stupid. It's a dumb comedy, but they're really leaning into it. It's like the Yakuza games where like they, they take the, the, the pageantry and the poetry of this life of crime very seriously in, but set it in a very dumb, silly world 
full of dumb, silly characters. Yeah, and I like it has this sense of chaos to it. Like, in the first yeah. episode, there's just Rapanda randomly in the background of the made, made cafe, and you're like, oh, it just seems to be sit lying there on its tire, eating bamboo. I guess this is just a random mascot which sits in the background. Episode two, as they're escaping from this, this gambling den, the, the panda's there in the kitchen at the gambling den, disconnecting the gas pipes and uh, casually walking out as the the place explodes. <laughs> it's like, okay, what's going on here? I didn't yeah. entirely see that one, this cuddly assassin coming. Um, and, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia now, and, that, and I'm surprised I didn't even notice this because their cafe is like, you know, all the cafes, you know, there's like a bunny cafe and there's a, you know, a, a police cafe and theirs is a, you know, a pig themed cafe. And so like, you know, we're, you know, we're the oinky doink cafe. This is the, you know, welcome to the pigsty, but their mascot is a panda. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, all right, that's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, this PA it's, works as well. So it's got, yeah. Good uh, stuff behind it. Just again, yep. another thing that's lost in a series, <laughs> a season of incredibly good stuff. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The fact that this li- this is literally comes like from PA Works the season after Kong is is really strange. Like someone in there is because it's the other thing we don't m- mention is like it's it's period. It's set in I think it's ninety five. Is it? it use, yeah, it uses Windows ninety five yeah. in its 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 op, and so yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all set in in nineteen ninety five, and they're keeping very much. They're not they're keeping in that era and it's like okay so someone in in pa is really feeling their age like 1995 was an important year to someone uh, edm (laughs) and uh and made cafes no 90s nostalgia is a real thing and and it's weird to see it trickle into like anime premises but i don't mind it i mean i like the (laughs) the 80s nostalgia in urusei yatsura too even though that's not just nostalgia it was just written in in the, the 1980s yeah Cool. Well, we can go ahead and wrap it up there. So uh, next month, tune in to hear us talking about the review Starlight movie. We've been talking a lot about Utina stuff, thanks to Witch from Mercury, and we're going to go ahead back to this beloved piece that I and Duncan both really enjoyed. Remember, rate and view and subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice. Find us on Facebook, search for Keyframes Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Keyframes Pod. Email yep. us questions, email us topics, email us stuff you want to hear us interact with at keyframespodcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, tell a friend. But not just any friend, Ben. Uh, I'll tell the friend who next tells you before you leave stay hydrated which in my in my (laughs) journey of denver that's what every motherfucker said to me and i don't understand it's what hippies it's what it's the hippies things that they say now yeah (laughs) i was gonna say tell it to your friend who goes to the nurse's office every single day at school and her face is covered in a mosaic Mm. of of band-aids give it to (laughs) and also her name's yourself or or the next friend who gives you some sukumbu uh which i think (laughs) you're gonna taste bad and realize it's disgusting no, I love it. I love vinegar and I love I love seaweed. I tried to find some at the at the national grocery. Uh, I love that design for the nurse. She's, oh. She looks like one of the characters out of Spirited Away, just like it, it, completely classic. It's a like, it's a complete Hime doll look. I love it. Hime cut. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Deluxe. <laughs> anyway, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. goodbye.